Every day, over 350,000 new variations of malware hit the web. And while most organizations have attempted to mitigate these attacks, many antivirus and firewall technologies that worked in the past are no longer effective. Rocket IT helps you identify and update outdated technologies and processes that put your business at risk. To learn more about how Rocket IT can help protect your organization, click the link in this episode's description. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Thrive, y'all. I'm your host, Jessica Clayton, and I'm the marketing coordinator here at Rocket IT. Today, I have Dan Fry joining me. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You are so very welcome. <laughs> so Dan is a giant worldwide partner, and so he pretty much you know, helps develop leaders. Dan, could you please tell us a little bit about how you got your start with Giant and what you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, my start is kind of a long story. I have a corporate background that for the first 15 years of my career, I was doing in large-scale organizations. And in 2008, I started starting my own businesses. And during that time frame, I befriended the founder of Giant, who was Jeremy Kubitschek. He was a guy that I would say aligned who I am to what I do. (laughs) And that was how my start happened within Giant because in the corporate world where I thought I was always very successful as a sales executive, what I really realized was I was much more successful teaching people how to be the best sales executive. And he helped me figure that out. So as he was thinking about building out Giant worldwide, I said, I want a part of it. I want in. He said, come on. And that was where the journey began. And I met Jeremy in 2011. We talked about it all through 2012 and we launched Giant Worldwide in 2014. And so I know you mentioned that Jeremy actually helped you discover that you liked building leaders. How did that kind of come about? Was it just through conversation or was it, you know, you tried it out and was... Yeah, you know, I think Jeremy is a master at helping people be aligned. That's one of the things that we at Giant do a lot of is we help get leaders aligned. There are plenty of us out there in the world that are probably very effective at what we do, but don't love that we have to go do it every day. And Jeremy kind of sees that as a missed opportunity. You know, who you are and what you do should be aligned. And he helped do that for me. I was I was very successful in what I was doing. I own a printing business as well, but printing was never really, I didn't look forward to Monday in the printing business, put it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so Jeremy was kind of like my career chiropractor. He kind of figured out, right, what is it that you really aspire to do and like doing and would enjoy doing? Not just what are you good at? And when you can line up your talent to your desire, things get be better. And that's what he did. Yeah. Oh, nice. And so when it comes down to when did you know that it was time for you to take the leaps from employer to business owner to coach? Oh, that's great. Great question. So employer to business owner was the corporate world where I was very successful at climbing the ladder pretty quickly. But as soon as I got to the point where I had to be either political or travel, I hated both. So I decided in 07, late 07, like really going into 08, to start my own business. And that printing business, uh, Greenlight Communications, is what I started. still in existence. It's in Gwinnett County. So that was the decision to become my own employer because I just, I couldn't do the politics of corporate America and I couldn't travel. 
business coach was where Jeremy came in. In between my printing business and Giant, I started a marketing company that asked Jeremy to give me some advice on, which he did. I didn't expect that the whole alignment conversation was really going to start. So I experienced coaching before I decided, wait, what he did for me, I wanted to do for others. And that's kind of how it all evolved. So in 2013 is when we launched Giant Worldwide. So between leaving corporate America and helping him launch Giant Worldwide in 2013, it was, it was what, six-year difference. So I'm pretty sure in those six years, a lot happened very quickly. And so mm-hmm. were there any important takeaways from that time period that you still rely on even today? Well, yeah, when you work for yourself, you have to you're responsible for it all. You're the marketing department, you're the finance department, and you're the leadership department. And your success is directly dependent on your ability to, to execute. Those went well. I was, I was really good at actually getting my business going. Scaling business was usually not my thing. I tend to be more introverted by nature. Mm-hmm. And I like more focused business models as opposed to broad. So when I launched the second company with some, some partners, that's where I wanted Jeremy's voice to kind of help me figure out how to do that. And that's where he kind of helped figure out what my voice was and where my voice was most effective because I'm far more relationally driven than objectively driven. He helped kind of boil that to the surface and realize what lane I should play in as I lead my own businesses, but also where I would be effective at helping others. And most of the time now in the, in the giant space, I'm, I'm working with leaders as individuals or teams or organizations in five key areas. It's usually communication, building effective working relationships, execution, which is obvious, doing your job well, managing your capacity, and building alignment with yourself and with your teams. Those are usually the five areas where we play. I don't know if that answered your question. Yes, it definitely did. And you sound very passionate passionate about it as well. Mm-hmm. So just coming from, you know, again, that big corporate, those big companies, what would you say were the main differences between how they're developing leaders and how, you know, Giant focuses on, you know, playing to people's strengths to develop them as leaders? Well, in my day, I mean, I'm a 51-year-old guy and back in the early 90s, through the 90s, the companies that I worked for were very performance-based. There was nothing wrong with that. It was Xerox and Boise Cascade. So it was very objectively driven. Your worth to the company was based on your ability to hit their objectives, which obviously you have to do that. Where I think there's a missed opportunity in a lot of corporate America, I do believe there's a bit of a cultural shift now with a new generation coming into the workforce, which is good. Also technology making work two, four, seven, three, six, five, mm-hmm. the relational component of, of, of leadership, not just the performance component is becoming far more significant. And that was what was a miss for me. I always wanted corporate to really understand what my motives were, what my values were as much as appreciate the objective I was reaching. And there were certain times in my career in corporate America where when the organization that I worked for hit hard times, 
I would have gladly accepted maybe sharing the hard time with the organization, specifically higher performance objectives, longer work hours. If it was communicated as such that, hey, we understand you have to do this. You're helping us if you would do this. That would have helped me be more aligned to the vision of the organizations. But many times it was more of a dominating voice, like you got to suck it up. You got to work harder. You got to. And it wasn't much appreciation of what they were asking me to do. It was more direction of what I had to do. And that I, I just didn't have chemistry with organizations like that. And what I've seen in the in the organizations that I work with is culture ebbs and flows. You know, there were times where at Xerox, I thought I would be a lifelong Xerox employee. Those were great days. But then leadership changes and what happens? Culture changes. And then what happens? Well, people leave the culture. They don't leave the leadership. They leave what happens to the culture. And usually culture is defined by leadership. So Again, I mean, I can talk a lot about it. Make sure I stay on track with what your question is. But usually for me, it was, I have to be in alignment with who I am and what I do. And if an organization could do that, I was fully alive. And I never found that unless I was running it myself. And I know that you mentioned the voices. Mm -hmm. Which giant tool seems to be your favorite and which is the most passionate for you? Yeah, it is that. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. The five voices is a language that we teach. There's, there's what we have found is in all the different personality assessments out there, they can usually boil down to five different styles of leadership voices that you're usually very connected to two of them, not so connected to two of them. And one's kind of in the, kind of in the middle. They're a nurture voice, which is a voice that's champion of people and relational harmony inside the organizations. They are most, the nurture voice is most alive when the people within the organization are thriving. There's the creative voice. That voice is the champion of innovation. Those are the people that you work with that are always thinking of new things, sometimes to their discredit, you know, sometimes, and I am a creative voice. You need to stop innovating, you know, don't just change for change's sake. Sometimes that's what a creative struggles with. There's a guardian voice. Those are the stewards of structure, system, operation, organizational effectiveness. That is not my voice. That is my last (laughs) voice. But that is a voice I have a very, very strong appreciation for because they keep you in the black. Mm -hmm. You know, guys like me start companies. The guardian voice keeps you in the black. So I got good guardians in my life that I do life with. There's the connector voice that is your ultimate salesperson. They tend to be very extroverted, very visionary, but very relational and always the best to be around, the most fun to be around. And then lastly, there's that pioneer voice, which is that hard charging CEO results driven focused type of leader that knows how to take people, systems and resources and align them to achieve an objective. So those five voices usually are people are experiencing you through the lens of two of them and then people see you struggle through two of them. And I try to help leaders, teams, and organizations understand what their voice is, not to label or stereotype, but really to help them understand their comfort zone so that they can know what they're not so comfortable with, especially when it comes to communicating with those bottom two voices, and then build a skill set around communicating with those bottom two voices effectively. Makes sense. 
And with the influx of hiring, mm-hmm. how can companies, organizations really take advantage of uh, personality tools such as Myers-Briggs and the five voices to ensure that they're finding candidates who are the right fit for them? Yeah, so I am certified in Myers-Briggs. And I always like to say voices are like the, it's almost like a an app to the code of Myers-Briggs. You know, I love Myers-Briggs, but it's it's pretty thick. It's pretty hard to understand. It's great for self-awareness, but it's hard to know what your, you know, what four letters are my coworkers? And I have so many coworkers. How do I keep up with all those different letters? It's easier to know what voices I'm dealing with. So when it comes to hiring, what I would say to any organization and any Myers-Briggs practitioner should tell you, you can't use it as a hiring tool. And I'm a strong believer that personality assessment should not define someone. So I'm very skeptical when organizations try to use them as a hiring tool. I usually advise against it. Now, I have had some clients be very open with it. So they'll share their own personality results and invite candidates to do it, but not force them to do it. And it's communicated in a way where we just want to have the highest level of chemistry with you so that we can help you have the best possible employment experience but you shouldn't use it as a way to qualify or disqualify somebody for a job. It's just anybody can be and do anything. But once they're in, (laughs) once you've given them the chance, like you probably don't want to put me in many guardian roles. Okay. And that's the structure, the system, the process guy. However, I've run three businesses. So I've had to do process system and structure, but it drains life out of me. My capacity to do it for a long period of time is just not there. So I would not want to align myself to a guardian role. That doesn't mean somebody just like me couldn't do it and be successful at it. We're all different. So you should use personality assessments and and an assessment like the voice to help people understand what their comfort zone is and what it's not and help them align themselves and even more importantly, help them communicate as effectively as possible with all different personality types. Makes sense. And how can our audience get involved with Giant or reach out even to connect with you? I appreciate that. So there's two ways. One, you can always reach out to me via email, which is dan at giantsoutheast.com. So dan at giantsoutheast.com. Or you can experience all of our content, 100% of it for free by going to giant.tv forward slash grow yourself. Now, if you sign up there, you will have access to 100% of our content, but I will also get a notification that you signed up and you'll have the ability to actually request me to contact you that way. So it puts anybody out there in a little bit more control. If you want to do it like a a little giant pilot before you talk to me, that's a good way to do it. And it's free. It's like signing up for Twitter. So <laughs> you'll get on our marketing list and you might get emails from us, but there's really no strings attached. And you'll have over 600 hours of content at your disposal at, at your disposal to, to look at. Perfect. Is there anything else you would like our audience to know today? You know, I would just, if I was ever saying something broad to everybody is learn how to communicate effectively. I I feel like 95% of my time is helping people that think they're effective communicators do it better. I mean, I'm not the best communicator in the world. So it's really, I define effective communication as really knowing 
the preference of the person on the other side of you and being able to alter your style of communication to meet that preference to achieve your objective. So it's really a level of situational awareness. And if you think you're an effective communicator, I'd suggest to anybody out there, go ask people around you. And don't be afraid of the answer you may get. Ask them, hey, give me real feedback on how I come across. What's it like to be on the other side of me? Don't be afraid to ask that question of people that work for you or with you. You may not like the answer, but it's a lot better than being oblivious because at least they can work on stuff. Very true. Yeah. Well, all righty, Dan, that wraps up another episode of Thrive, y'all. We're going to make sure that we put links to all of the great resources that you shared today in the description box below. Dan, thank you so much for your time and for being here. My pleasure. And we will see you on the next episode of Thrive. Thank Bye, you, everyone. Jessica.